entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good for this long, this hood. Or this pop, this hot, or this strong. With so many different flows. This one's for this song. The next one I switch up. This one will get rid of this fuck. It's TBD, we're back in the building We back, we back It's been an eventful few days, few weeks I should say We ain't get a chance to drop the pod Feels like a long time But we had good reason Def had good reason Moving Folk got new spots, new spaces I hope you saved your spot You got a lot of real estate in that joint Oh yeah, for sure. You know, don't even sage, yo. Me, Kyrie, Erica. Stop, 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 stop. stop. Or one in the same. You never was an East-West shopper. You don't even know what that is. <laughs> Take it easy. The amount of disrespect is is is, is either is or. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. We had a we had a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> that joint was bad news for real. It was that was really a bad joint. And a tremendously bad job to that say was a bad job. But I, I want to get something off my chest early, man. Oh shit, here we go. Cause like <laughs> a couple weeks ago we was talking and you know everybody was yo, what's up with Kyrie? He unprofessional, he doing the most trading. I'm looking at folks in front of me. Yo, his trade value this up and down, sideways, blah, blah, blah. My man said, I need to take a little time off. I got to get my head right. He came back. What he average? 30? Yes, sir. 39s, 37s, 32s. He's out there <laughs> tripping. The Nets look like the greatest worst team of all time. <laughs> What do you mean by that? What do you mean by the greatest, worst team of all time? I mean, have you been seeing what they've been doing? No, no, no. I mean, I have, but I'd like to, fur- I, I want you to further explain your thought. Because, you know, people can can misconstrue that statement or, I mean, it's technically is an oxymoron as well. So it's like, it's kind of <laughs> so. It's just like you watch them, like, like you open your app up, right? ESPN, John, maybe you made some bets, maybe you didn't. And anytime you scroll past, you see the Nets versus whoever they playing. 125, 128, 132, 134, 149, 146. And some of these joints go into OT, some of them not, but the constant theme is 120 plus. Yeah. <laughs> That's on pace to be like the greatest offensive showing from a team ever. That's the greatest team ever part. Mm-hmm. Just from you know putting up points and doing something we never seen. Winning the championship, that remains to be seen. But just what we're seeing in a regular season, they look like one of the greatest teams ever. On paper, all those Atlanta analytics folks, advanced stats and shit, this is their time right now. They're loving this. But we also looking at it like, well, damn, 149, 146. Last time we seen something like that, Kobe had 81. It was a triple overtime game with the Suns. 
it was like 152, 149. That wasn't even the lead story that day because Mamba. But, you know, that's that's besides the point. They giving up bucket after bucket to anybody. Not like not like just the top-tier teams, but like the bottom tier. Like, they're giving up 140-plus to the Wiz. To the Cavs. To the Cavs. Kind of sexing out here, young boy, when all of a sudden when Kyle is sexing back. <laughs> That's why it's like I don't understand. But then I look at it, I look at their schedule, and it's like, well, damn, all the top tier teams that they played against that are like, you know, the Sixers and folk like that, they haven't lost once. So who are they? <laughs> That's my question. Who are the Nets? I don't know, man. I, I think that the Nets are a very good offensive team. Um but I mean, I guess I don't know. It's very hard to predict one because this team is not at its full form. They did just pick up Amon Shumpert. Um, we talked a, a few weeks ago about them uh, getting Norvell Pell and signing him. So they ha- they're they're adding defensive and rebounding uh, pieces to their team to to kind of uh, fill it fill it up a little bit and um, to get some of that stuff that they're missing, especially on the defensive end. I think this team is insanely talented. Like we knew this coming in. We knew that we've never seen a three-headed monster like this before, the type of scores that these guys are before. And they seem to be meshing well. You know, all those comments about people, well, I mean, there's only one ball. It's only one basketball, sir. I, I mean, I think these guys understand one, how the flow of the game works, and two, one of only one of them is gonna is gonna go off each and every night. And I think they let the game decide. And the matchups decide who that person is, which is the smartest way about going it. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, who, what do you think that they are? I don't know what they are in terms of like, can they win a chip? Because I think offensively, you you have to score a buck twenty to beat them. Yeah. How many teams in the East can do that consistently over seven games? When at the end of the day, you got three dudes who are about to do something that's never been done in the NBA, which is be one, two, and three in fourth quarter scoring eight points a game each by them in just the fourth quarter minimum. That's unheard of one. And then two, they're almost all doing it at 50% each from the field. That's something that gives me a little bit of comfort when I'm looking at them and I'm like, damn, they can't guard a soul. Because if, if it's really a bucket-for-bucket bucket game, yeah, they're going to be flirting with the, you know, who's taking the last shot problem. But I'd rather deal with that, <laughs> with KD, Kyrie, and Harden than, like, being Giannis or someone like that in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't – so, I mean, I agree with most, most of what you said, but where I seem to have a little reservation is – in terms of people having to score over 120, I think if they run into the right defensive team, if you can hold that, I mean, they're still going to score over 100 points for sure. But if you hold them to, you know, in the in the single digits of the hundreds, like 109, 105, you can have a chance to beat them. And, and that's a good defensive performance for a team. That's fine. <laughs> you can hold it. It can be 101, 100. I'm taking the Nets if I had to close my eyes and just pick well, out. Yeah, obviously. That's what happens. I'm taking them because they got three closers that nobody else in the league got. 
So even if they get into those defensive battles, which they probably will because the playoffs are not going to be a buck 30 every game, if that is, that's crazy. But, you know, those close games, I still like them in situational basketball because they have the guy who leads the league in the assists. Yeah. The guy who I was trying to tell everybody, yo, James Harden's going to be the one over there. He's going to be stirring the pot. He's the, he's the straw in the drink. He makes it go. He's the one, he's the reason why you can see Kyrie go off with these 39 clips, 37 clips, doing what he want. KD chilling off of two missed shots against people's great defenders and stuff like that. It's bad when it gets flowing like that. And it's only going to get better. So was it so so were people overblowing the Harden shit? Like were we were we taking too much into the fact that, well, I mean, Harden's coming from a system where he's used to having the ball in his hands, which I mean he just plopped onto this team and still has the ball in his hands a lot, but he's he knows how to distribute it. Like he knows what's the best basketball play. So what is like what what were we all missing from from looking at Harden and seeing how he's going to fit on this team. We do this thing with players when we see them in certain situations for a long period of time, we keep them in those boxes. You know, James Harden was in OKC facilitating the ball, picking his spots to score as a six man. That's the first iteration James Harden we see. Then he gets dropped into Houston you add in uh, a scientist offensively with Mike D'Antoni. Now you have him in a different situation. He's the ball dominant. Everything goes through me because I can do it. I can play the minutes. I can play the, I can play those games every single day and not have to worry about getting hurt. None of that. I got this. That's me. Now we see him do that for long stretches. How many years was he in Houston? A long time. Long enough to be like, damn, I don't remember how long he was here, but he's been, that's, that's the only Harden I know. Like, we know Harden off of the Rockets. You know, not the guy who was playing defense over in OKC for, for a period of time. But now that he's out of that situation in Houston where he has to be ball dominant, he still is a basketball player who likes to pass and get everybody involved. That's always been his game. Now, instead of it being KD and Russ and Serge, it's, KD, Kyrie, DeAndre Jordan, who they look like they've been playing together their entire career because he's throwing the ball up wherever he wants and he's slamming it. He's making it all go. But when you when you look at players in certain boxes for a certain periods of times, you only define them as what they are in that situation. James Horan's not an ISO dominant guy. He can be, but he's best served as being a facilitator who can also go get you 30 to 60 if you felt like it. I mean, I agree. I think James Harden's a chameleon. I think he can do a lot of different things. Whatever he wants. But I think the hard, I think the hardest thing for people to see was like you said, we've only like, we've been he's a prisoner to the moment. We've seen him in that D'Antoni system. We've seen him be very ball dominant and, and very stagnant offensively to a certain extent to where the ball is only playing through him. And we kind of forgot that where his roots are, where, you know, he he played in OKC where he was coming off the bench six man and he was really a facilitator and scorer slash low key, but whatever they needed. That's the yeah, thing. Literally. And so like now we're seeing him kind of like, the, and he, I mean, he even said in the press conferences where he, he said like, I got to dig back into that, that bag of tricks that I used to be in. And, and I got to get my PG skills back. 
Facts, facts. <laughs> and he, and he's brought him out. Like he's he's been an elite player, dude. It's been so much fun to watch. And that's the thing, man. It's like him being in this situation, it allows people who really like always the, the year butt crowd. You know, it's oh yeah, James Harden is averaging 37, but he don't play defense, or but he's not gonna get out the West. Yeah, it's easy to say that when you got super dominant teams over in the West. Yeah. The style of play shows us that is you're not going to win. That style of play is size sealed and delivered. It's yeah. not going to win you a chip. It's not unless you got two other mega stars on your team, which is what they have now. But him being in a situation with the Nets, it allows people to see the brilliance of how he plays the game. Thanks. Everyone looks at him through the scope of, oh, he's the dribbler, ISO guy, getting cheap cheap fouls, fooling the, the, the refs. Like, if everybody could do that, everybody has the same opportunity to draw fouls. Why is it that he's the only one who can do it consistently? It's a talent. It's a skill. Him and Bede. Yeah. Those two guys usually lead the league in, you know, free throw attempts. But we never say that. We, that stigma's not for Joel. It's only for Harden because people don't like how he does it. Yeah. But now that he's on the Nets, damn, he really can pass that joint, huh? <laughs> he really get everybody involved. Oh, look, he even playing D. We saw that a lot in yeah. their in their in their most recent game. Kyrie as well. I mean, Kyrie's just insane in zone. We were talking about that earlier, just like how crazy Kyrie is. Like Kyrie is so special. Like he even laid you up before, it was, which was crazy. Like in this drum, like you know, you my man and shit. So I don't really like to put you out there on blast like that. But I mean, it happened and shit. Like you got somebody else, man, banged on. Like it was a whole bunch of shit that you like. I mean, you but you've seen it firsthand. And you knew you, you said that you even said to your man, like yo, I think he's going to the league, man. He going to the league. He is league bound because I ain't never seen nobody do some shit like that. He's a different type of boy, man. He's a different type of talent. And it's just like, you gotta, you gotta accept that. Like he's one of those guys, like, like him or not, like the comments or not, like you can't deny what you're seeing on the court. What was your favorite move from last night that he did? Cause I know, I know you like to dibble and dabble and shit like that. So what was your favorite move that Kyrie from did? Kyrie? Yeah, last night, last night. Last I mean, night. Cause he had, I, I he really, had several moments. I really like the refuse the screen hezzy half spin three and then he came down caught Kawhi with the right to left ai join to the pool <laughs> and then the third joint was the euro lay uber jelly lay like that joint was crazy i mean he cracked <laughs> man like he got angles like his 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 layup package is something we've never seen. It's like Pat Mahomes' arm strength and the platforms in which he throws. Like, we're going to see that on Sunday. Like, we just saw Kyrie playing the glass, doing whatever he wants, letting the game come to him. We're about to see Mahomes and Brady get real, real nasty out there. Woo! I don't know what I like in this, joint. be honest with you. I think it's, I think it's a... Uh... It's a very close matchup. And it's, and it's so hard to go against Brady in these situations because he is so great. And time got? and time again. Uh, who you got? That's what I want to know. I got Mahomes, man. I got Mahomes. I can't, I can't not go with Mahomes. He is the new age phenom. He is the guy. 
he 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 never uh, ceases to amaze me. Like never, ever, ever. He always rises to the occasion. I've never seen him disappoint. And it's just so difficult because we've never really seen Brady disappoint either. I mean, we've seen him disappoint a few times, but I mean, not a lot. Not to his not, doing. Not to his doing. We've seen right, him. Right, 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 right. I mean, for the most part, no, not to his right. doing. Yeah. So, I mean. Are you, going, are you going with your guy? Your guy that you've been defending your whole life? The guy that has granted you so much ability to be able to talk shit to everybody else because you get to make them look like fools year after year after year. Are you going against that guy? Alan Yates, please tell the world. Well, one, I don't really talk shit. That's such cap. About my guy. Who are you lying to? I don't. I only do that when people really start going crazy about the whole, like, <laughs> oh, Aaron Rodgers this and Peyton Manning that and, this and Joe Montana that. And it's like, bro, my man got six bowls by his lonesome. He finna get seven of them things. Pump your brakes, not by his lonesome. Pump your brakes. I mean, I'm saying him by himself. Like, oh, okay. The, the man who is Tom Brady, he has six championships. Yeah. So, like, my head... <laughs> My heart says, yo, <laughs> you don't go against Brady, dog. That's like, you mean, going against the Lakers and Brown when it's winning time. You really don't. That's bad business. <sighs> Whether you like it or not, and I hate saying stuff like that sometimes because it really, because I know it ain't true all the time, but you get what I'm saying. No, yeah. But my head says, look, man, the Chiefs ain't lost a game. They got one loss and they last, what, 26 games 26 yeah games. dog <laughs> i can't i can't argue with them numbers but the only problem is is like if it was the chiefs versus whoever else you want out of the out of the nfc i'd like man chiefs walk away <laughs> putting everything on them guys but they playing brady that's a different type of it's a different job man because like the offensive line problems for the Chiefs can really be a problem, especially if it's supposed to rain. I'm seeing forecasts about rain, 75% chance. That's a factor that might change the whole landscape of the game. Because the, the Bucks found a run game. Yeah. Chiefs don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing. I think that the offensive line injuries are a major key, but this is nothing new to Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid is very, very good at one, putting his offensive linemen in very good positions and using the defensive line aggressiveness against them. So his his creativeness with screens and um, and, and, and having tight end screens out of nowhere that you, out of a formation you would never expect a tight end screen or a shovel pass, it, he's, Underhand passes. He, he, he's like no other in that facet. So when you talk about, you know, that, that being an issue, I just, it's like it is. I, I totally agree. But at the same time, I think Andy finds a way to, to make that, you know, not even be an issue. Yeah, man. Like, that. I honestly don't think I can find a way to pick a winner <laughs> to, to make me feel good. I'm going to probably put a few different types of bets in. You know I mean, but if I had to really take a take a pick, I'm going with Brady, dog. Like, per usual, I, I'd rather see him get seven 
knowing that Mahomes probably going to still be there next year. Uh, I'm cool. But if Mahomes win that joint, <laughs> Black History Month, Black man, Black man, yeah, that's me. I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm here for it 100%, 100,000, 10%. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think I'm I'm, I'm I'm just gonna say if I had to put a hundred dollars on the Chiefs, I mean on on somebody to win a game, I'm going with the Chiefs. So I guess I'm going with the Chiefs for for the joint. Whoa, whoa! So you just said Brady, then you now saying the Chiefs? I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win the bowl, dog. <laughs> Are you locking because that? I in? can't. I can't go against what I've been seeing the whole season. Nah, yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, even their game, even their matchup earlier this season was one for the ages. Like, it was just a great game. And Patrick Mahomes almost, you know, propelled his team to a win. So, I it's, mean. Like, it sounds cliche, but it's like, it's really going to come down to the defenses. And I hate yeah. sounding cliche, but like, in this instance, it's really, you know, who's going to win in the trenches and who's going to cover that back end. And who's going to stop who? The, the Bucks defense looks to be the hot defense. And, you know, <laughs> there's something to say when you see a team that won three games on the road to go win a bowl. I mean, last person gets to the bowl. Last team to do that, I think, was Eli Manning and them. So, off of what? A defensive rush. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> a, lot, a, a defense That's that hard. caught fire, and the Bucks defense looks like it's more on fire than the Chiefs. So we're gonna see, man. I. I <laughs> I think it's going to be an incredible. I think it's going to be the best bowl we've seen since Eagles Falcons and Eagles. I mean, uh, Pats Falcons and Pats Eagles. Yeah, those are great bowls. I mean, especially since you know my team came out with one. So you know that was. Yeah, it's, uh, it's looking real, real spooky for you guys over there. Man, what's that about? We ain't even. You guys over there. I mean, I had a muff, and uh, you know when I, um, you know, if you want to be smart, then you mean we going. You gotta be smart to be smart. So we're gonna be a smart team because I'm smart, like Mark is smart. I don't even know who Sirianni is. And look, now we know his name. Remember last pod, we couldn't get that man's name correctly. We didn't know what Sirianni. And it's a I shame don't, you gotta find it out under these circumstances. It was just so bad, bro. Like that whole press conference. Did How do you feel instill, about that? Like, it didn't you, instill any confidence in me. I, I, I mean, to be honest, look. I'm going to give the man a shot. I don't, I mean, not everybody's a public speaker. And I, I mean, he was obviously nervous his first head coaching, um, you know, job ever. So, I mean, understandable. I get it, bro. But at the same time, that was not, that was not a good look. That, that, that wasn't it, Chief. Like, <laughs> it was, it, it just, it, it was disheartening to see a little bit because I was still pissed. Like, I wanted to see Eric the enemy there. But, I mean, unfortunately, our team went a different way. I'm tired of Adam Schefter talking all this shit, voicing his opinion, <laughs> thinking that he knows shit. That shit pisses me the fuck. He might know something. Nah, bro. bro. He really be pushing his opinion because he be he be going on sports talk radio and talking about, well, I think, and just because he says I think, I know that's his opinion. Like he's not, he's not saying nothing that he knows for certain. He's just throwing shit out there and hoping it sticks. Which I get it as part of the game, and I ain't knocking him for a hustle. You do you, bro. But at the same time. That shit don't mean nothing to me. You know what that sounds like? <laughs> sounds like an angry Eagles fan who's on the brink of having to deal with, yo, am I upset at my team? <laughs> or am I upset with Carson Wentz? Because the lead analyst in the NFL who knows how to get up in the reports had the nerve to say, 
a report. <laughs> Yo, Wentz still trying to get out of this joint. And y'all follow that up as an organization with, <laughs> we're not trying to trade him. So now I got a conflict of interest. Yeah, that's a weird situation. I mean, to be honest, though, like, do I think there's some validity to that statement? Yo, the ball yeah. wants out, bro. I don't think, but here's my thing. I don't think, I don't think that it's like, yo, I'm not trying to play here at all. I think it's like, yo, I'd rather be in a better situation. If y'all can get me in a better situation, put me in a better situation. If not, fuck it, I'm going to rock out and I'm going to try and win this job. Bro, he's not going to win the job. That's the thing. Do, do you Do you think that? I don't think he's going to win the job, bro. I don't like, I'm not a big, like Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to get on tables and chairs and scream. You know, he's a, a incredible player, but every stop he's been since we've seen him play football, he's come out on top when it's been adversity or him versus another quarterback, him versus Tua. You know, he goes to a different situation. He flourishes. I mean, yeah, he went to a different situation. He didn't beat out Tua. I mean, yeah, but in college, you don't really see that often. You know, that's not something that happens. Your backup doesn't come in and, and, and tear the world on fire. Like, that doesn't happen often in any form of football. But what I'm saying is he's been in this position before. He's comfortable being uncomfortable. I don't think Carson Wentz is. I mean, I think that's we we. I think that's fair. He could be wrong. I could. He could come back. Granted, he doesn't get moved. He could come back and look like himself pre-injured. I mean, I think that's the issue of mentality. What do we do? We know what. what But I think it's more. Are you confident in his confidence, or are you confident in Jalen Hurst's confidence in the offseason? It's hard because. I just think because Carson comes from a situation where he's most of the, like he's most of the time like he's been the guy or he's known okay I got to wait my time like when he was at North Dakota State he had to wait his time in order to get you know his shot at at being the starter and but he knew where he stood with the team he knew okay at this time I'm going to be the starter it's going to be my team and I'm going to go forward this is more so like bro like the shit's on the line like it's it's real. Table. You got a ball. Like it's it's up like and I don't know if he has that in him. I'm hoping that he does. I believe that he I mean, I know that he has the talent. What is what I is what I'll say. He has the talent to be the better player. He has the talent to win the job. I don't know if he's gonna have the mentality. And that's where I feel like he's got to talk to other veteran quarterbacks um, and other people who've kind of just been through this type of thing and I know he's a very um um a, a guy who's who's very hung strong on his faith and I mean that's a good thing but I feel like also you got to speak to people who've gone through this type of situation because I don't feel like he's gone through this type of situation and because he hasn't it's being a hindrance and like you said Jalen Hurts has been through this situation he's like man I don't give a fuck because I know what this is about to be I'm cool. I know what I gotta do. I'm set. I'm ready for. I'm ready for training camp. What's good, bro? And that's and that's the thing because it's like like you said. Like we know Carson Wentz has the talent. We've seen the talent, but a lot of what we see, like everybody in professional sports, is talented. Yeah. But when you mix talent with that different type of confidence, that 100%, I'm sure of myself, especially in situations where. You're the lead guy on your sport. You're the point guard. You're the, not even point guard, you're the go-to best player. 
on your basketball team, you're the quarterback for your football team, you have to be wired a little different for your talent to translate whether or not you're mentally strong. That's the thing. He has a talent, but if if he's still fragile in the mind with the whole concept of, oh, I have to compete for my job as opposed to it's my job to lose. Those are two different things. No, I, I, can't come I, I, to grips with that. You might have a fractured quarterback, man. And he I think might, he might need to dip. <laughs> he might I, have I, to dip because it ain't gonna last in Philly. That can fly in Minnesota. Yeah, that ain't lasting in Philly. And I think the biggest thing, like people give Aaron Rodgers a lot of shit, but Aaron Rodgers has an abundance of confidence. People give Jameis Winston a lot of shit. Jameis Winston has an abundance abundance of confidence and when you're playing at that position in this league you have to just you have to carry yourself differently you have to hold yourself to a different standard and you have to have a different amount of confidence you got to know that at the end of the day I'm the number one motherfucker in this joint, no matter what and I don't care who comes in here I don't care what anybody says I don't care what the organization says I don't care what the media says I know what I can do and I know what I'm capable of and it is what it is. And I just don't, he doesn't, he doesn't show that. Now he could feel that internally, we don't know. And I'm not gonna say he doesn't, but at the end of the day, you've got to also let your guys feel that too. Because if guys in the locker room was like, oh, man, this man over here got an abundance of confidence, but this guy over here looking kind of shaky, I don't know what's about to happen with all this. It's like that, that, that sends a negative message to your locker room and you don't want that. And it's hard to come back from it too. And, you know, this all circles back to just bad decision-making from the front office, putting Carson Wentz in this position to begin with. Whether or not you wanted to get a backup to feel comfortable with him and his injury history, that's one thing. But you don't, dra- you don't, you don't grab a QB that early. And a QB that has talent and a QB who, co- who low-key fits the, the new age NFL that we're seeing transition where quarterbacks can run in pass and, and run with confidence and run and not have to worry about, Oh, if he gets hit the wrong way, he's out for the season. Like those days are, are about to be done. Like the Josh Allen's of the world, the Jalen Hurts of the world. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he don't get, he doesn't get hit when he runs, you know, we're seeing the mobile quarterback be a thing now. Carson Wentz is mobile, but he's fragile at the same time. And if he's mentally fragile, y'all going to have a problem. I mean, I I 100% agree. I just, it's like the the organization didn't do him any favors. Like ever since that Super Bowl, it was just like they kept making decision after decision, bringing back Nick Foles. Now that's another like uh, ghost behind Carson Wentz back that he feels like he has to worry about. Then you draft a quarterback in the second round. One, Again, like the biggest issue with the team the last three years has been no wide receiving help. And you use a second round pick on a quarterback. That's extremely disrespectful and a slap in the face of Carson Wentz. So it's like at the same time, like we can condemn and and, and really criticize Carson Wentz. But at the same time, you have to you, you have to put some of that onus on the organization because they did him no favors and time and time again slapped him and spit in his face. It's just completely disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of problems with y'all. You know, it's, it's there's a lot of problems. It's from the top down. And you know, if Carson went stage, you know, he's people love him. People are gonna love him because he he stuck through it and you know. That's cool and all, 
But like, like I, I started a campaign a little while ago, mm. right? Mm. And and I thought it was a good campaign because like for the last few years, this man has been tripping out, mm. <laughs> going off, <laughs> losing a bunch, like a whole lot of losing. But he, you know, healthy, doing his thing, looking like a top tier player in his in his sport, in his position. I'm over here saying, scream. I'm screaming, free this guy. <laughs> Get him away. Send him somewhere so he can flourish. Be the guy he all, be the man we, we want you to be. And then this man comes out and says, you know what? I, I'd rather just stay put. I had, I was about to get free back Brad Bill thermals and shit. And this man say, I, I, I don't want to get traded. Bro, you you don't you don't own the city a thing, man. Not a damn thing. That loyalty is cool and all, but it's like, bro, you telling me, are you telling me that you cool with just losing? You know there's no future in that team. You know that. You can't go in there and they be like, yo, what, what's your goals for the midway point of the season? Oh, you know, we want to win a championship. You're not going to come on, man. See, see, here's here's I'm gonna walk on the moon. See, see, here's a hoodie on. <laughs> here's where guys are are getting their priorities mixed up, and and I say that because you know everybody loved when when Dame was like, man, I'm in, I'm here for I'm in I'm in Portland for life, man. I ain't going nowhere. That's cute. Damian Lillard's situation is completely different than Bradley Bill's situation in Washington. Damian Lillard has a counterpart who he's grown with in CJ McCollum and he has a legitimate big and he has a bunch of uh, pieces to, you know, help him at least fight and get into the playoffs. And, and they're a few years removed from going to the Western conference finals. So it's not like, it's not like, you know, they're like scratching and clawing, trying to get up into the mix. Like, nah, like they're, they're there. Like the wizards, they're nowhere to be fucking found. Yeah, they're nowhere near in the same conversation. And, and and it's real, like you said, it's real cute and real nice. And the fans are like, yippee, your guy Isaac loved it. But I, he told me to get on you. So I, do you got something to say to him? Because look, man. Cornball. One, uh-oh. his team hasn't won shit. And get I don't on. know how long. Get on. Ooh, my team is number one in the East currently. In the what? Went, I mean, you said what? Number what in the who? Number one in the East. Take the what and leave the who? Yeah, number one in the East. Yeah. Wow. The six one in the East. Yes, sir. Thank you. And okay. we've consistently been to the playoffs for the past three. I mean, I mean, we're just not in the same conversation. So it's like I don't really like talking to people who aren't really in the same tier as me or 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 their teams aren't really up to par with mine. So it's just like I don't really like even giving that shit attention, but I had to get my little rocks off, but anyway, back to the. Oh, comp- so you saying like how you going? So you saying like how you going to call next? You can't even get in the gym. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> wow, <laughs> like I don't even remember the last time they were in the playoffs. It's just like probably hibachi times. Yeah, probably, probably. I mean, I mean, no, nah, no, nah, they they lost to the Celtics. Isaiah Thomas, it time. Ah, before before Wall started started. You know I mean getting hurt? He looked great, by the way, but. He do look great. I'm glad to see that. And Boogie look great too, man. But like, back to the back to the um the whole wizard shit, man. Yeah, 
Brad Bill got to get out of there. He need to come fuck with the Sixers, help us win a show. With the Sixers. And then we out, we out this job. Y'all really turned- already handled y'all. And I told y'all what my what my man Embiid was going to do to y'all. My man Embiid handled your man AD. He ain't want no smoke. Young boy got cooked. You almost had us, but we got you. <laughs> your guy, your guy, I give it to you. I give, and, and, and I give, I give Tobias so much shit. I really do because I, I he'd be fucking This is up. beautiful. This is poetic right here. Give he, it to me. I need to hear the whole shit. He'd be fucking up. Tobias be fucking up so much, bro. And it, it burns me the fuck out because I just want him to hoop and, and play up to the caliber of play that I know he can play to. And recently this season, I've really had to temper myself and, and really just, you know, suppress all that hate that I have for him because he's been hooping and he's been balling and he's been coming, to, coming up clutch and he's been playing how I need him to play. This is what I've been asking for. This is all I've been asking for, Tobias, is just play this way. If you play this way, we don't got no issues. I don't got a gripe with you, bro. It's all good. It's love. We straight. Just keep hooping, bro. That's all. Motherfuckers out here giving Ted Talk Pep <laughs> one game winner when in reality, boy, been playing solid the whole season. That's what I said. I gave and him. I props told you this was finna happen because Doc Rivers got some type of voodoo on my guy. Real shit, though. You're not lying. He got him looking like his him 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 himself, Timothy, if you will. <laughs> and like, listen, man, I'm glad to see the growth of him. No effects. Because like, it's crazy to think that like, oh, the growth of Tobias Harris is really going to put the Sixers over the top of the Bucks this year, even with all the shit that they added. Because like, the Bucks are fraudulent. Bro. Every day of the week. They're your guys, though, though. No, like, you, they're not. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? You was, on a, you was on a Greek MVP wagon. That, that wasn't me. Man, look. That's not what the streets told me. <laughs> the, streets is li- the streets is lying to you. <laughs> was ne- I, Heavy Ben Simmons over Greek Freak Bull. Really? That's an interesting take. I don't know. I don't know if I agree. That's just how I feel. Look, but it's, it's interesting because it's like neither one of them can shoot. One of them shoot. One of them can hit it a little bit. So I probably say three. Barely. I mean, his his free throw percentage is down. Ben Simmons is constantly going up every year after year after year. I mean, I just like Ben Simmons. This is more of a. I mean, okay. Look, I'll say this. Just say you just like Ben Simmons. It's cool. You almost was good. You almost was good. No, no, no. My, no, no, no. no. You was good. Di- they no, played, you good. You <laughs> played different positions. Ben Simmons is a point guard more so. He has the ball in his hands a lot. He's more effective and, you know, doesn't turn the ball as much as, you know, Giannis. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. They play different positions. They got different roles. It happens. Understandable. I'm not going to hold it against him too much. But at the end of the day, I just – I mean, it, it's – it's apples and oranges. It's the same shit. I, both can't shoot, like we already said. I just prefer Ben Simmons over Giannis. Sorry, not sorry. I'm. Uh, I don't know if I can agree with that. Just because this bull Ben is really like a. But I think I think it's more so what he is on the team though, like how he's not, how his limitations are affecting his team. So I I can understand that, and I don't I don't totally disagree because if you put Ben Simmons in a different situation he may flourish and be you know what Giannis is but I don't know I mean if that's what you feel if that's what you feel I ain't gonna say you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) 
I sure ain't gonna say you're right or I agree, but look, <laughs> we can we can table that. I, I'll give that a thought. That's a that's an interesting conversation. That's an interesting conversation for sure. Is there anything you want to get off your chest today? Something burning you up? I really got a lot off my chest today already. Um, oh, you feel cleansed all of a sudden? Yeah, but, you know my Zen is good. I feel <sighs> feel centered. Um, can we talk about the triple double shit a little bit too? Like that shit just be burning me out too, because I'm tired of all that. Yo, man, he got a triple double. He tough, or you know, Russ got all these triple doubles. He's a top five point guard. Clearly not. I don't give a fuck about that corny ass game with her neither. Sorry, I don't care. That's so, so that's you, cool. That's cute. Are you saying that the triple double don't mean nothing now? I'm saying it is overrated. Say overrated. Wow. How? Because people now equate getting a triple-double to being a superstar player or um, being top. Like, there's so many guards. There's so many players that are getting triple-double. Lon- uh, LaMelo Ball just got a triple-double and he's a rookie and he wasn't even starting. So, like, what are we really talking about right now, yo? Like, what are I we mean, that's just That's just the evolution of the game. We're seeing What's a lot just- more players... Like but like, which is cool. Like it can be an evolution of the game, but that cannot be a factoring point of, well, I mean, he's an MVP because he, he, he gets triple doubles or he's better than this guy. He's better than this guy because he gets triple doubles and this guy doesn't. What the fuck, yo? That it's don't make the optics. It's the optics. Care. Look alike. Not all triple doubles are rendered the same. I mean, I agree. That's the difference. So I feel as I mean, I feel you in a sense because you can see random dudes getting triple doubles. You know what I mean like Joker, for example, isn't a random dude. He's yeah. a guy who's talented enough to consistently get triple doubles in effect. They have a direct they have a direct correlation on the wins of their team. Facts, 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 facts. You know, like Granted, Russell Westbrook has a lot of triple-doubles, and they come with a lot of wins, but those triple-doubles don't look the same as the triple-doubles that are, like, in the flow of the game. You know, because you can see the difference in, oh, this dude needs two more rebounds, and no one else is going to go get it. You know what I mean? Like, Ricky Davis shot a ball after getting the ball inbounded to him on his own basket, missed intentionally to get a rebound for his triple-double, and then dribble down court. Bob Sura did it two days, three days later. Those <laughs> triple doubles ain't the same. Shit, they not the same as even a rush triple double. Yeah, no, they're not. But I feel you in the sense of that because on his face, it's like, damn, everybody getting them now. But when you see how they come and if it's really the dictating flow of the game, like James Harden triple doubles, they affect the game. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's does as well, but you hate that guy, so... I'm I don't, not going yeah, to pick apart Russ's triple-doubles because they do be a little fugazi, but <laughs> it does them so much that, like, if it was that easy, everybody would do it. There's only a select few dudes who get them a lot, though. Uh, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I mean, but- it's, not, it's not like it's a big umbrella or a big roster full of dudes who's getting triple-doubles. We're seeing the same dudes get them over and over and over again. And I don't even like, I don't even glory like, and to make it not even really just be about Russ, like when Ben Simmons gets triple doubles, I don't even, it's not anything ex- like, it's just like, oh, he had a triple double. Okay, cool. Like I'm not about to hold Ben Simmons to a different height because he gets a lot of triple doubles. 
Like that's, that's insane. Tough. A triple double is tough. It is bro. tough, bro. But I'm not about to. I'm not about to say, well, shit. You know, Ben, top five point guard now. Like, I, like you motherfuckers see, be doing see, that. that. That's that's motherfuckers that, be doing that. That's why you can't just be listening to everybody. I, I really be like, I, I just be confused with that, with that ideology, with that thinking. Like, I just, I, I really don't understand. Because the, the the triple double is a rare occurrence, even by the guys who can do it often. Like, if you want to equate that to football, when it's I don't know a quarterback throwing for four hundred and three touchdowns or something like that, or. 305 touchdowns, something crazy like that. You know, if they're doing it consistent, it's only a, a select few quarterbacks who you would put your bread on that can go do that. Yeah. It's only a select few dudes in the league that can go and get a triple-double any given night. Yeah. And especially when you're in a different situation like Julius Randle, he gets a he gets a decent amount of triple-doubles. It's not at the same clip as Russ. It's not the same clip as the Joker, but he gets them. But I think he he's in a situation. But I think – and where it, all that's coming to him. He has the ability to pass. He has a mismatch most of the time. So he's initiating offense. He can he can pass it. He's going to score. He's going to rebound. That's the thing. That's the evolution of the game because Julius Randle can be on getting 10 boards, 10 assists, and 10 points. He would flirt with at least two of them. The assist would probably be questionable. It would probably be more close to, to six or seven than eight and nine because the Knicks fucking stink. But that's the thing. Like, Knicks fan. But the talent is there, and that's the league now. You can't fuck- get mad because motherfuckers is out there doing a thing. But Side I get ball. it because people taking it and they putting it in and propping it up like, like, like it's a chip. But sidebar, Knicks fans actually hate the fact that Julius Randle has the ball in his hand so much and believe that it should be in other players' hands. So I mean, quickly, quickly is crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's we do give him a shout out because he's 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 very, 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 very talented. That floater is elite. Like yeah, they're talking about he got top tier floater in the league, man. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I can't disagree. Like he, it's very, 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 very good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get it, man. I get I get people. You really hate the triple dog. That's funny. I don't hate him though. Like this is I don't hate him. I just you hate don't. the triple double. Yeah, I hate the triple double. But I don't like the I don't like I will say that I don't like Russ's game. I don't I just don't it's just you really just wanted to talk. You really just wanted to go in on Russ. Get him off your chest, man. No, it's just a like he just, just stays space. He plays the Brody erratic. boys might come for you, but you mean I'm just saying he plays erratically. That's all. That's my only issue. There's I mean, he doesn't play in control sometimes and at least a lot of turnovers and at least then being very inefficient. He's not a point guard, he's not a shooting guard. What is he? I'm confused. I don't know what he is. He's just out there hooping. He's a, he's, he's a basketball player. He's just a Pat Statter. Pack, stat Packer. Gosh, sheesh. There Packer Durham? Green Bay Packer? <laughs> what you talking about over there? What, what, you, what you talking about, Willis? That Patter. Well, but before we get out of here, I need to know, I need one, I need one answer. Who's the MVP of the Super Bowl? It did, like, that's literally, mm. I mean, you were so quick to say, oh, the Chiefs winning the bowl, so it got to be a Chief, right? Yeah, but it, Unless it, Brady do some, I mean, like, who's the MVP? Or if Jason Pierre-Paul has the game-winning sack strip, like, that could be a thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, I think it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to have an elite game. He never disappoints. Uh, I would, if I had to put money on it, and if 
you had a gun to my head, I'm going with my king. Black history. Okay. Mother. Okay. So if the Bucks win, who would the MVP be for you? I mean, they're gonna okay. If the Bucks win, Brady's getting it. Like no matter who, <laughs> okay. no matter who no matter who else plays in that, no matter who has a more pivotal play, they're going to give it to the 43-year-old man that just won his seventh Super Bowl. That's a Which I think is a little corny, but I also understand it. I mean, if they win the game, no, 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 no. I understand. I understand. No, you don't have to back your guy. I understand. Don't bark down my neck. I totally get it. I'm bowing down to him. I'm concessing to him. Oh, you got it. You got it. He deserves it. Go ahead, Brady. I got two things. If uh, if the Chiefs win, which I think they will, crazily enough, I got I got I got Travis Kelsey. Mm. I got Travis Kelsey being MVP. I got him doing some his usual hundred hundred plus something yards. Mm, nasty. Um, yeah, but um, before we get out of here, like you you just said something that kind of got me a little a little angry real fast. I mean, like really struck a <laughs> struck, struck a struck a chord in my black roots real fast because. There was a, a football player who beat up his chick, crazily beat her up. Seahawks boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Beat her, had the audacity to make a smoothie, asked her, you know, oh, you still alive? Wild shit. That was some wild shit, yeah. Some shit that deserves some pause putting on somebody. They talk about he has manic episodes and, you know, bipolar this and steroid that yeah that's all cute you know but i seen people oh this guy needs some help no 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 this guy needs to go to jail <laughs> he can get the help in jail you don't have the privilege of going and getting help because of a, a episode you you almost took somebody's life and if we really want to get technical you talking about oh you didn't die oh were you intended on me to do that and then the kicker the kicker comes in where they talking about, oh, yeah, you know, he was fighting with the cops. 300 plus pounds, 300 pounds of a man, angry man, angry football man, 300 pounds, fighting with the cops. That headline screams to me, someone should, be, should have been shot with the way the police act around here. They terrified of 300 pound men anyway, yet alone angry ones. Yet alone, angry ones who just happen to have beat up a woman, but because he a white man, we're going to take him in to make sure he cool. I don't feel that. I'm not calling for someone to be hurt or shot or something, but to get that man peacefully calmed down and all that seems to be a very, they call that de-escalation, right? Hmm. That's what they say. They preach it, right? You you train for that? That's (laughs) <laughs> Protect and serve, de-escalate. You know. <laughs> Damn, why is that not afforded to the same people? Why is that not afforded to a nine-year-old black black girl who's going through the same thing? Who got pepper sprayed in the back? Pepper sprayed, and you know what the you know what the you know what the bosses over there said before we get out of here. <laughs> you know what he said? Something along the lines of like, "Well, pshuh. thank God they didn't hurt her worse, huh?" Raggy. <laughs> Ruby, what? I'm I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. What? 
What part of the game is that? You're the, you're, you know more about the politic books than me. I, I what clause is that? I really like, I don't, I don't know. Like both situations are very similar and here, and here's the issue. Like there, here's where black people clamor for things, you know, obviously, you know, we don't want anybody getting hurt, but you know, the masses see it a little bit differently. They like, well, shit. Like if y'all oh, the masses are like eye for an eye, y'all going to do that to us, do that to them too. And, and I, and like me, I, look, I, I think that with the, you know, football player situation and um, I, I, I do believe that, I mean, he did have multiple personality uh, disorder and he wasn't taking his meds. And I do feel like he should have gone to a, to a, um, a mental institution. Um, but I feel like everybody who's going through those type of situations should be able to, um, to have those opportunities to be able to go get mental assistance and not be locked in a cage like a animal. Like there's there's where our ideologies have to shift to where we're treating these as more of uh, rehabilitation um, situations and not um, and not necessarily focusing on the punishment and and that's where like there's a disconnect and um, and people are in uproar about it is because these situations are not handled the same way by um, people who look differently from one another you know white people the situation is handled one way and black people is handled another way and that's where you know there's a lot of um divisiveness and people you know in uproar and wondering what's going on what are the actual procedures what is um the laws behind what's going on because there's no reason why these similar situations of mental illness are being handled in two totally different ways one's being handled with violence and the other's being handled with tender loving care it, there's there's no reason why it should be like that it's a shame like, like it would be it would be it would be cool if situations like that you didn't have to call the police to have them come. Exactly. They're not capable of handling a mental health crisis. That's not in their job description. We need to get people who actually can handle situations like that. That, to me, would be the bigger issue. We don't need to call the police for mental health issues because they're coming in to a hostile environment off of the strength that they have no idea what they're about to walk into. And when people have mental health episodes, anything and everything can happen. I think that needs to what be- If I'm having a mental health crisis and I see someone walk in with the stigma of a police officer and they have a weapon, I'm probably gonna be more upset than I was yeah. 10 minutes before they came. I think that needs to be- Someone who can deescalate my mental health situation, I might sit back and relax. That's the problem. We ain't gonna get into that because that type of shit is to be determined. Definitely to be determined. I just feel like that needs to be like another division of the government. Like the government needs to create a division for mental health and for people to call a number or it directly be connected to 911 and where they send people out who are like geared to handle those types of situations. But I mean, you're right. It's to be determined, dog. Whoa, whoa. Uh -huh. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. One more